premium on-demand streaming of our new documentary film, The Mind Polluters, begins this Thursday, March 31st at 3 p.m. Eastern. Use promo code FEARLESS for $5 off your movie rental through April 15, 2022. And be sure to install the Vimeo app on your smart TV or Roku for a better viewing experience. Visit themindpolluters.com for more information. I mean, the parents themselves aren't storming in with torches and burning the libraries, right? They are bringing to the attention of the school board, as is their right under the current law, of things that they feel are objectionable. Welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber. I'm your host, Amber Archer, and this podcast is a behind the scenes of our filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features, where my husband Mark and I are making movies about the issues impacting our culture and society from a biblical perspective. You can learn more about us and the movies we're making by visiting fearlessfeatures.org. It's also a great place for you to search the archives and learn from a variety of perspectives and professionals equipping families for today's culture. Today, I have special guest, Aaron Anderson, senior journalist for Texas Scorecard. Aaron reports on state and local issues, events, and government action that impact people and communities throughout Texas and the DFW Metroplex. Aaron, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Amber. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I am so excited to talk to you. So fun, funny story. Um, I first came to know uh, your work while we were in Texas earlier this year for the the week long screenings of our new documentary film, The Mind Polluters. And we were actually in Glen Rose, Texas at Dinosaur Valley State Park. And we were hiking and somebody sends me this text and they're like, you have to read this. I was like, okay. So I stopped while we were hiking and I read through your, um, your article about the mind polluters. And I was just blown away at the accuracy and the fair coverage you gave. And, you know, and since then I have just followed your work and just come to love all of your, all of your writings and your journalism. So thank you very much. Well, thank you so much, Amber. And that movie was very, uh, very impactful. I got to be in one of the, and maybe the very first screening in Texas, I stopped just to see what it was all about because people were buzzing about it. And I was, I was blown away by what was in there and I knew people uh, were going to want to see and hear it for themselves. And so I was very happy to be there to be able to sort of write it up and kind of keep sharing that around. And as more and more screenings came around, uh, you know, parents and citizens all around the state have been very excited to see it. I mean, horrified at what they're learning, but happy to have their eyes opened about mm-hmm. about what's going on inside the schools. The schools are so important. I mean, it's, the, yeah. what's happening with our kids is is number one, especially in the minds of parents and grandparents across the state. Yeah. And interestingly enough, you know, I wanted to have you on today because uh, you recently wrote a piece, Fredericksburg Parents Winning Fight to Exclude Explicit Books from Schools. And the Mind Polluters touches on that in the film and shows people, you know, how most of these explicit books are in there because of obscenity exemptions that are state law in 43 states. Uh, so can you can you give everybody a little um, background about what's going on in Texas with these different school districts and all of the the uproar about the books? Yes, all of these issues, as you point out, are, are tied in and related and people are are uh, uh, getting involved when they as they learn about things. And especially this idea about having these very sexually explicit books 
and school libraries. Uh, a lot of people are are surprised or you know, resistant. They're like, well, that that can't be. How could they be there? That can't be possible. Well, mm-hmm. it is possible. Uh, it's happening. Parents are going in and, and looking and seeing. And this this kicked off last year. Our uh, one of our state lawmakers and even our governor said, hey, this is this is a problem that we've heard about. We, we expect schools to, to do better and we're coming out with new guidelines. Well, right off of that, some just some parents started looking. They're like, well, we're going to go in and see if that's in our in our schools, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. We have such great parents uh, here. So Fredericksburg is a very small town. But here was this brewing movement um, of of parents going in and uh, going to their school board and saying, look, we found these books. Here they are. Here's the list. Here's, we can tell you all about them. Uh, we want you to do something about it. Well, they were very fortunate there. As it turned out, they had a very uh, receptive uh, school superintendent who took mm-hmm. their concerns seriously um, and uh, sort of uh, and worked with the school board there to uh, not just look at the books, but actually address their policies for reviewing these books. Uh, which it turns out, while a lot of the districts have been resistant, say, well, we just can't do anything about it. Here they're in there. They have to do this lengthy, long process of, you know, committees and whatnot. Well, they said, you know, well, actually, we do want to get the parents, the community, uh, the staff all involved in looking and making sure what we have on the shelves is appropriate for kids. Right. That everybody right. should want that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said, we actually have um, it's it's in our current uh, laws and policies now that school officials, whether it's board members, superintendents, administrators have some discretion to uh, take books out of the library. If they are the, the, the phrasing here is pervasively vulgar. And yes, I, I, I saw that. Yeah, parents have been going in and they did this in Fredericksburg very effectively, actually reading excerpts from some of these books that they found on school library shelves to uh, convince the naysayers that this is, in fact, um, it's it's not just, uh, you know, steamy or awkward or what it's right. it's outright, uh, you know, pornographic discussions and, and not in some educational. This is just you know, birds and the bees, sex education. And so they've gotten now more streamlined policies um, uh, for for reviewing these books, for removing the ones that are clearly inappropriate. Uh, their, their, uh, their superintendent is all on board with uh, being very proactive about it and, um, you know, acting swiftly one way or another, yeah. deciding is, is this right or wrong? I mean, the parents deserve that. It's their school district. The kids certainly deserve this. Um, and yet there's still some uh, on the left that are that are saying, whoa, 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 you can't you don't have a right to take these books out or limit what kids can see. It's a First mm-hmm. Amendment thing. You just want to you know, you're a book burner. Uh, but these parents are they're not having it right. They're pushing forward because this is about their kids. And they they were very successful in Fredericksburg. And I think that's going to be uh, an example for other parents to follow, for other districts to follow, if maybe they've been timid about moving forward, because guess what? It's not just at the local level that the pushback. Now, I'll tell you a story in Fredericksburg because right. it's so funny. Their local media, their little local paper, uh, when the parents uh, went to the school board with, with these books and said, we want you to take a look, the local paper uh, wrote these articles sort of mocking their concerns and uh, calling them book banners, saying they were anti-First Amendment and whatnot. So the idea that the local, you know, the term Democrat media complex always comes to mind, but the the local media, which, which in a small town, the small town paper, everybody reads it, right? It's a great thing. So mm-hmm. the, the 
small town uh, newspaper publisher and the local Democrat Party are uh, working together uh, to uh, to tamp down the idea, even the very idea that parents should be concerned. They said, oh, just Mm -hmm. we trust the school officials and librarians. They're the professionals. They're perfectly capable of deciding what our kids should read. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I was glad that they said that because actually that that's what this policy says. It's what it's always said. They've just made it simpler because look, I mean, the parents themselves aren't storming in with torches and burning the libraries, right? They right. are bringing to the attention of the school board as is their right under the current law of things that they feel are objectionable. The school mm-hmm. board is then, uh, is obligated uh, to, to responsible to, yeah, seriously. Now uh, they've been trying to, to not do it for various reasons. Either the school boards are, are fine with these materials. Um, they're just refusing to believe it or they're intimidated because what mm-hmm. happened in another school district that I also wrote about this week um, in called Granbury ISD, they got some real national attention. They were a little bit just a little bit ahead or uh, on the timing here um, from Fredericksburg, but they uh, also responding to kind of some, the, the state directive to, for schools to be, you know, more diligent about keeping these things out and then concerned parents saying, we, we have some issues. We want to know that, you know, there's not pornographic books in our, in our schools for our kids to get. Mm-hmm. So they went in too and said, well, we here's some books that we've identified. We want to, you know, we want you to take a look at these. And uh, so at a school board meeting in January, um, there was talk about it, public comments, pros and cons. Um, well, one person came in and they gave the standard, you know, anti first amendment book burning uh, lecture. And the superintendent was at that meeting and, he he uh, he wasn't having it, and so he uh, pushed back to say, "Look, um, this is the directive from the state. This is directive from our parents. Uh, these books are not appropriate. We're, we want them out." And mm-hmm. this this video clip of him speaking at this meeting went viral and just <laughs> nationwide. So so they started to get some national media attention again, saying, decrying, "Oh, this is terrible! How dare they want to pull books and." keep kids from from reading whatever they want. And uh, the ACLU and another group, you know, and a, uh, the, a bunch of their allies, these left-wing organizations, sent this threatening letter to Grayberry ISD saying, you know, don't you dare pull those books. This is a First Amendment violation, uh, discussing, you know, past legal actions they've taken against other school boards who have tried to, to to deprive mm-hmm. kids of this and making it this big civil liberties argument um, mm-hmm. because one of the claims is that they're, they're secretly targeting books about um, they call, you know, the LGBTQ um, and also trying to say it's, um, it's somehow racist that they've, this, they've only yeah. targeted, you know, these particular books just with your, your phony concern about porn and, uh, they said, absolutely not. Take a look at these books. And in fact, they were the first to actually uh, grab some books off the shelf you know, preemptively. They, they pulled the books that were um, going to be reviewed and they set them aside while they reviewed. But there was five of them. They said, we, we just took those out. We used our administrative authority under the law determined mm-hmm. these were pervasively vulgar and what they call unsuitable for education purposes. Right. They were basically... Um, trashy, uh, 
remember Jackie Collins? Are we, are we old enough to remember her? So these, yeah. uh, these sort of these, uh, what I call teen romance, except the romance is actually graphic sex scenes, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, so it's you know the young teens out on having their uh, various uh, encounters and whatnot. So th- there was no educational value. They weren't. It wasn't you know literary pieces. It was novels for for young graphic kids. novels. Just with sex. Very graphic <laughs> because yeah. uh, this week Greenberry had the. It was eight books total that the, they ended up pulling at the beginning. Uh, and there were some there were some big media outlets there. They were so disappointed. I think they thought there was going to be, you know, again, a bin full of books set aflame mm-hmm. or something. But they said, well, here's the books if you want to see the kind of thing that were accidentally in our library. The librarian herself admitted, hey, uh, my bad. These slipped by me. Again, why? Because they were highly rated, award winning, bestsellers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had fl- they had carefully flagged you know dozens of pages in each book that you could just go to and be like, oh, okay, um, you know, I see where this is going. And so those got pulled. Now one of them was uh, the actual title was "This Book Is Gay." So they're like, oh, you're targeting you're targeting these people. Well, mm-hmm. it's not the people. It's not uh, you know gay or straight. But there was graphic descriptions of of uh, I mean, it wasn't sex ed. It was like this how to and Uh I mean, talk about pervasively vulgar, the language in a lot of these books, um, you know, if the kids were walking down the hall using these words, they get in trouble. Oh, absolutely. But but it's like, well, if it's on your library shelves and you're encouraging kids to read it and learn, learn these words, then you're going to tell them, Hey, you can't walk around the school. If they were just walking down the hall, reading it aloud, like the parents have been doing at school board meetings, Mm -hmm. it it would not be tolerated. So why is it tolerated in the library? If you want to read these books on your own time, fine. Uh, but this is not get them from somewhere else. <laughs> yes, it's not. It's not age appropriate. It's mm-hmm. not. It doesn't have educational value. It doesn't belong in the school library. Yeah, that's the simple point uh, these parents have made. Uh, and of course, they're encouraging parents in every district to just take a look, take a look yeah. at what's in there. If if it's wrong, challenge it. Um, the very worst offense offenders are uh, the districts can pull them out on their own. They can get the parent, the community involved, the parents involved to take a look. It's like, does this meet our community standards for mm-hmm. what our kids should be looking at during the school day? Yeah. Well, and, and I thought it was interesting because at the um, Fredericksburg school board meeting, because I watched the last um, I watched about the last 10 minutes of it and even even the woman on the school board said we had never had a parent come and challenge one of the books. And so they were putting in place now. It's this little town, this little community. So they're now they're now having to put in place, you know, she was talking about after they sought legal counsel to make sure they weren't doing anything wrong. But it's just if if we as parents are paying attention, we have all of the right to go in and question the school and ask the school board, ask the librarian, you know, let us see, you know, what, what procedures do you have in place to make sure that this doesn't happen again? Right. Absolutely. And it's, it's an ongoing process mm-hmm. and it's, it's going to continue to be now that parents know that it's something they need to be on the lookout for and mm-hmm. that districts are, uh, kind of reviewing their policies. They've all had p- certain policies in place. What was interesting in Fredericksburg is they said, well, you know, we always had this policy, but we simply never had parents come in and challenge 
before. So we didn't really have the procedures to, to act on their challenge. So we had to yeah. uh, take a little time and figure out what that was going to look like uh, before we moved forward. And they actually, the, the superintendent there who the school board hires, that's how it works in Texas, maybe every row out. So the school board is elected. The superintendent is hired by the board to be the administrative person. Well, he just, he just joined the district last year. And uh, so he was uh, pretty instrumental in, I guess, looking at what they had in place and then saying, Oh, well, we need to, we need to, uh, update this a bit and, you know, improve our policies so that we can do this in a, you know, in a timely fashion and um, in a way that's not, you know, so difficult for the, for the parents. Why, why make mm-hmm. them jump through all these, even just the forms, they said the forms are so yeah. long. So yeah. uh, everything designed again, certainly you don't want, and that was the, 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 you know, the kind of the strong man argument. Well, people will just come in and challenge everything that they just, cause they don't like it. It's like, well, the challenge process should be easy, but that doesn't mean the bar is now lowered about what what we're what's you know, acceptable, what we're taking out. Right. Yeah. It didn't say, well, now yeah. you can take out anything. It says now it's easier for you these to our attention as the public, as a concerned parent. And uh, we understand our our role. We can do it quickly and what we're looking for. So, um, you know, again, the. Uh, there's always talk about local control, um, you know, from everybody. It, it, mm-hmm. When when it's something that you want, it's it's local control. Um, uh, when it's something you don't want, suddenly local control is a is a bad thing, and the locals can't be trusted. Um, but again, in Fredericksburg, the the kind of the op- opponents of any of this review have said they they thoroughly trust the local control of their districts. What they didn't trust is the local control of the parents, who are the the final local control. But uh, mm-hmm. the, the key here, um, as people have asked, they've, they've seen this other people in other districts, and this has been going on really in dozens of districts across the state. We have over a thousand school districts in Texas. It's a big state. Um, mm-hmm. So this has been going on. But people ask, well, um, you know, how, how are parents succeeding with these efforts? And I said, well, the first thing they do is elect a good school board. Mm-hmm. Uh, then that school board will elect a good superintendent. And by good, I mean responsive to the parents' uh, concerns. Uh, and that's what's happened. That's part of why the successes have happened in Fredericksburg and in Granbury and um, in other places. Now, parents elsewhere are meeting stiff resistance and basically a big stone wall from their school boards who simply, for whatever reason, don't want to deal with it. Either they don't want yeah. to acknowledge um, this kind of stuff has gotten into their libraries um, or they're okay with it being you know, whatever is in those libraries, you know, anything goes, these kids today, it's all fine. Um, but either way, the, what they're doing is you know, being very unresponsive to the concerns of the local parents. I, I, had, a, I had somebody on social media said, you don't have the right to tell uh, other kids, you know, what they can and can't read. I said, well, actually, <laughs> that's the job description of schools is to determine what the kids are going to be reading and learning in schools. That's yeah. actually their job. You know, mm-hmm. in the school setting, I mean, the parents have their job as well. But I thought, what do you mean? It's, it's, you know, you don't have that. It's like, it's the absolute responsibility. It's what public education mm-hmm. is about. It's not a room full of, you know, everything in the whole world just thrown in a big heap and they're supposed to just jump in and, and say, you guys figure it out. 
what right. works for you. Right. It's part of the issue with these library books, of course, is there, this is, these aren't the instructional materials that are presented in the classroom with context and discussion. Yeah. They're just open on the shelves for the kids to look mm-hmm. at without any, and as the parents say, without, without parent parental oversight or supervision or whatever, if it's in there and you don't know, and they're just, they're just reading, you don't know that they're having access to it. The, the curriculum material, the parents know, or should know, should have access to what's you know, what's being taught at, at each grade level that's age appropriate. So, so where do you see in all of your, your research and everything that you've done, where, where's a starting point for parents who are just coming into this and having their eyes open to what's going on? Where should they begin? Well, especially in Texas. Well, fortunately, as more districts have, um, have been, uh, you know, parents have been rallying and, and doing this. Uh, people are reaching out to the districts that are sort of ahead of them on this curve. Districts like, mm-hmm. you know, Fredericksburg and Granbury and and others all across the state that have done this. Uh, there was a, there's an original quote list, a long list of books, um, which weren't just sexual content. It was a lot of different content by one of our lawmakers that said, "Hey, we need to be looking into this." And uh, the 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 state got on board and said, "Yes, this is really, you know." To the extent that these things are found, uh, we need to get them out. So the, the first step, of course, is for the, the parents to just go into their libraries and see what's in there. You got to check those books out and read. And that's part of the challenge process. You're expected to have read the books. Um, and, you know, you'll need to note what the what the issues are. Now, the, the yeah. most heartbreaking part here, the parents that have been doing this um, and in some districts, they found uh, hundreds of books that they feel like are, should be challenged. They're like, oh. You know, night after night, I'm reading this stuff and it's so, you know, so depressing. And these are adult minds getting inundated. So imagine these kids' minds getting filled with with all these different things, Um, you know, whether it's, you know, know, drug-addled teen rape and, uh, uh, you know, again, teachers and kids, you know, depicting this kind of stuff. Um, And then the language over and over and over, all this language. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's what they have to do. So you have to do that part and then you find out, um, there's a pretty standardized challenge process in districts across the state of Texas. And there's usually, again, there's, there's a form, there's a lengthy form yeah. and it's yes. one form per book. So in one district near me, the parents pulled, identified 282 books. So they had to fill out 282 two page forms, you know, each individually signed Mm-hmm. Just, just the, that process alone was extremely time consuming. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, they'll someone say, well, the bar should be high. This is uh, whatever. But yeah, since this has like been a first run that people are finding a lot. Right. And so she did it. And then they said, oh, well, it has to be, you have to either hand deliver these pages or fax them to us. She's like, <laughs> you know, faxing 584 pages was a lot. And it was a huge step, you know, that's a ream of paper to print um, yep. and you have to deliver it individually to each campus. And it was on three different. Cam- so all of it, she's like the, the hoops that you had to do. Um, and then they're like, well, we'll see, you know, and then we'll get a committee. And it, it's very lengthy with that. You, you have to go through the steps, but what, what, uh, what some parents are hopeful about is that in the meanwhile, while, while this, uh, process of being done and it is for the, the parents are going to have to call the, the schools out on the specific things they want them to look at that again if, if some of the districts start doing what they've done in Fredericksburg and Granbury and recognize that some of these books are so egregious and yes they do end up on school library shelves despite the fact that they shouldn't but some are so egregious 
the administrators and, and or the board can pull them immediately. Oh my goodness. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for joining me today. I am I am so excited for people to hear just about the language, the the pervasively vulgar and knowing that yes, you can hold your school boards accountable and show them there is a way to get these things removed if they are vulgar and they, they don't need to be on the, the school shelves of the library. So Aaron, how can people stay in touch with you and read your writings? How can people connect with you? Well, I am again, writing at texasscorecard.com. So mm-hmm. Texas scorecard is our media outlet. Uh, we're online updating these every day. We we're trying to branch out into podcasts and all kinds of reporting, but texasscorecard.com is where they can find uh uh, my work and my colleagues, uh, we have a, a daily morning email we put out. So uh, subscribing is free and you can get the, the highlights in your inbox every morning uh, yeah. and uh, find out more. And uh, you'll see my information there. And uh, I am at uh, E Anderson at texasscorecard.com. That's long. Again, you can find it online. It's probably easier, but I, and I'll, and I'll be sure on- to leave a link. Yes. And I'm on Facebook, Erin uh, okay. Anderson, and uh, where I post a lot there, I love for people to reach out to me with their stories. And um, I follow up on as many as I can report on them because it's really important for, for people to know it's not just them, especially in these right. local fights, that mm-hmm. they are not alone. I've had people say, we thought it was just us. No, right. you're not alone. There are other people. Uh, our activists learn all the time from what others are doing in other areas. When they see it, they, they're like, they'll, they'll ask me, well, how do I do this? I said, I don't know. I'm just writing about it, but let me hook you up with these people. <laughs> right. I'll connect you with those and they will tell you. And this has been very effective on a lot of issues. When the, when the, yeah. when the, the people, the, we call them the grassroots, but that, that means people, the citizens yeah. um, get together and, and, you know, Get, get the government to be responsive. So, so again, I hope people go to texasscorecard.com uh, mm-hmm. and and see what we're, see what uh, we're re- reporting on and find out how and their their fellow citizens are are getting things done and how they can learn from that too. Well, fantastic! Oh well, thank you so much, Erin, for joining me this morning. And I hope you have a wonderful day. And for all of our listeners, I'll be sure to leave all of Erin's information um, in the show notes so you can click on those links and find her and be sure to subscribe to the email. Well, that's all the time we have for the day, friends. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday. 